Welcome to this edition of Inside Warhawk Athletics, presented by Educators Credit Union. I am joined now by a previous guest of the podcast and the newly minted WIC Coach of the Year, Andrea Wheeland. Andrea, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Chris. You bet. And so, you know, I wanted to talk about, obviously, congratulations uh, on claiming the WIC championship this past weekend, uh, the fourth straight year. That is a conference record. So no other program in league history has won four consecutive WIC titles. So, um, you know, talk to me about what this weekend meant for your program, because I, I think a cliche that gets thrown around a lot is that it was a team effort. Um, but it really was a team effort um, up and down the lineup. And some of your individuals were very impressive as well. So um, what did this me weekend mean for your program? Yeah, it was a really exciting weekend, of course. Um, and, you know, we we came in just kind of like we have every other year. Just our plan was always to, you know, go shot by shot and not worry about what happens. Just go out there and do our best. So that's what we did. And we had some personal bests out there out of some of our players. And that was exciting. And then, yeah, like you said, our our uh, four individuals that that were uh, playing. I think if we added up those scores, that that team would have finished third in the tournament. So it only would have been uh, bested by lacrosse. So that just speaks to our depth and the excitement that we have for for the future. Um, the four the four in a row is just really pretty exciting. This one was a little different because the last three we've kind of always been it's been really close going into the last day, and we are we've come from behind a few times. So it's. It, it, it was really it was really kind of cool to go in the last day with a little bit of comfort with the lead to just kind of go out and, you know, play, you know, a little less pressured golf, I guess. But, um, I, you know, I, I anticipate that we'll be in the running for this conference title, hopefully for many more years. Absolutely. And, you know, I know uh, something that's thrown around a lot in professional golf is that Saturday is kind of moving day. Um, and it was moving day for you guys, because after the first round, it was, I believe, just a six stroke lead over UW lacrosse. And then by the end of Saturday, you were able to extend that to uh, somewhere around 30 strokes. Um, you know, so tell me about that day. And I know I know it was very windy that day around the state. Um, and, you know, I think obviously it had to be the experience of the players, right, that, you know, we're, to, we're able to battle those wind conditions um, that maybe some of the other teams just, you know, didn't have in terms of experience. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, that's, you know, I said to the girls the night before that I was hoping that we would get crazy winds like they were predicting. And I was hoping these conditions would be tough because it does separate the field. And I felt that we were the better skilled team going in. And so, you know, we we had we played well on on the first day and lacrosse, they they matched us. I mean, they were really close to us. You know, six strokes is not very much for golf. So it was, you know, hoping that we would be able to endure those conditions. And our experience definitely allowed us to do that. These girls have played in all kinds of conditions. So um, that helped a lot. So, yeah, it was moving day for us. It was our plan and that worked out pretty well. It sure did. And, um, you know, your three seniors on your team, uh, Kristen, Bo, Kelly, Storty, and Cheyenne Knutson, um, able to end their careers, you know, as champions. Um, they've been an integral part of, you know, the program's uh, success. Uh, you know, how nice, you know, talk about ending it for them that way 
not ending it, but um, ending it in terms of the conference portion, uh, ending it as champions and how important that was to you. Yeah, that that was really exciting for them. You know, they came back. We call this the encore season because it's their fifth year. And, you know, but quite honestly, not all of none of them played on the team that for the conference championship for all five years. So, you know, Kelly, this was her fourth year on the team and Cheyenne's fourth year because she transferred in from Carthage and Kristen had played as an individual for a few years. So. It, you know, it, it was there. It was the first time that, you know, they they were all, you know, they have so much experience and it was just exciting to see them do so well and kind of, you know, do what they came back to do is to play a strong conference championship to win so we could get to this national tournament. So I, I think I'm very proud of all of them and I'm happy that they were able to come back. One player, you know, who stepped up for you, Andrea, I thought was uh, Lily Shepard, um, who played in the number five spot in the lineup, um, you know, because one of your regulars, Ashton Sinak, had a tough first day and Lily stepped up. Um, you know, talk about how important her play was over the weekend. Um, and, and obviously she'll be important, you know, as you move into the national tournament this week. Yeah, I mean, that um, there was nice to see someone on the team kind of kind of step up because all season, this shortened spring season, you know, I've been just dying for someone to kind of fit into that number five spot. And we've rotated that player with many of the other girls. And um, the last couple tournaments right before we um, went to conference, Lily stepped it up and shot some scores that, you know, earned that spot for her. So that was exciting. And then then for her to carry it to conference where it's, you know, really nerve wracking and it's it's tough was exciting because we, you do need that fifth player to, you know, back up in case one of your other four have a bad day. And that's exactly what Lily did. So that was very exciting. Um, and I think it was good for her to experience, like she had a rough final day, but then Ashton of course came back. So that was really good, but um, it was good for Lily to experience, you know, that adversity too, just to have a tough day to know what it's like with all the nerves at conference. So she'll be ready for future years and I'm excited about that too. So. That was good. So the NCAA championship coming up uh, starting this Tuesday, um, you know, tell me about just logistically what the next uh, several days look like for you leading into that first round on Tuesday. Yeah, we, well, we're, you know, still practicing to kind of recap some of the stuff we needed to work on that we saw we needed improvement on at the conference tournament. So we'll be practicing to get ready for that. But then it is a lot of, itinerary stuff. Um, we're excited to go. I think I think I'm really excited to see some of these other schools come from the south and this the south and the east coast and you know the west coast that have all these nice conditions and nice temperatures to play in all the time. So I I'm kind of excited for them to come to the Midwest and and play in our conditions. And I, it's not going to be horribly bad conditions. It's going to be pretty nice, but you know, to have some cooler temperatures for those teams, it'll be interesting to see how they fare out here. Um, but so we're feeling good about, you know, in general being, you know, fairly, you know, closer to home than usual. That'll it'll be a little easier to travel. We're going to drive to Michigan. Um, and uh, there's some practice rounds when we get there. Um, a lot of testing protocols that we're, you know, we're used to testing for every week for 
for COVID just because of we're an athletic team, but um, you know, just different protocols with that. So kind of just have to go through that. Um, and it'll be exciting for these kids to just get their, you know, last rounds in and see what they can do. Now, Forest Acres is a course that you have some familiarity with, correct? As a player at Wisconsin uh, back in your playing days. So tell me, tell me what you remember about it. And uh, if there's anything else you kind of learned about it, um, you know, as we approach the, the tournament. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so ironically, this winter, I was cleaning out, I was just, yeah, I was decluttering my basement, right? And I came across um, a bunch of my old college things and some items I had saved. And I had saved the yardage book, you know, a book of showing all the holes of this of this course. And it, it had gotten wet, so the pages were kind of like stuck together and I was ripping them apart as I was going through it, but it was interesting. I was looking through those notes and I was remembering the, the golf course a little bit. Actually almost went to Michigan State. That was my second choice. I ended up going to Wisconsin, but almost was a Spartan. So um, I, you know, I really enjoyed Michigan State when when I played it, but it's been 20 plus years now. So like I can't remember a lot of details. What I do remember well is that there's it's kind of an unusual layout with um, a stretch of par fours and fives, and then you go like par three, par four, par three, par three, par five, par three, or something like that. So there's a lot of par threes all close together, which is kind of unusual. So we've been, you know, practicing some par threes at the, those yardages um, this week, because you're going to have a lot of that back to back, which is kind of, you know, just different. So I don't really know how much experience I can provide remembering, you know, I don't remember a lot of the details, but I think some of it will come back to me when I get there on Sunday. So we'll see. I'm sure it will. Um, you know, I know you, you've set different goals every year, you know, when you go to the national tournament. Um, this year has been a weird year. Um, you know, is there any specific goal you have in mind? Are you, you know, hoping to just get, just make the cut? You know, what, what, what are you kind of, what's the mentality of the team heading to, the, to, to Lansing? Yep, another good question. So, you know, I think um, that year, the year before, you know, it was canceled last year. And I think last year's team, we really were playing well and we really had sights on, you know, coming home with some type of hardware, which is the top four teams get a trophy. And that was definitely within our reach. And, you know, having majority of the girls back, we, we missed Ashley Hoffmeister, of course, but, um, having them back, you know, I think it is awesome. And I think that's still, you know, something we're still thinking about. But um, we also, you know, realize it's just the whole makeup of everybody's team changes um, every year, you know, with incoming freshmen and everything else. And so I, I, I think we really realistically think that a top 10 finish would be a great goal. Um, the top 15 teams make the cut. Of course, you're still going to have to play well to do that. Um, but, you know, I'm thinking a top 10 finish would be a, a, a good goal for us just to improve what we've done in years past when we were there. So that's what we're hoping to do. Awesome. Last one, Andrea. What are the keys to the team's success this, this week? Well, we're going to stay present. 
um, that that's kind of worked all season for us. Like we've been working on that mental side of, you know, getting over if you have a bad shot um, and trying to focus on the next one and not getting so frustrated with ourselves if we don't have a good hole or a good shot. So I think that's one of the hardest things in golf in general. Like you just hit one ball in the water and now I got to hit another one. <laughs> so you're, you know, you mentally have to, you know, have to get over that and have to be able to hit that next shot. So I think we're going to focus on that and we have the skills. We're not going to be changing any golf swings or anything crazy like that. We're going to stick with the skills that solid skills we have and we are going to try to make some more putts. We're going to try to hit some good shots, stay present tense and try to make some putts. That would be the goal. If we can make some more birdies, maybe we can shoot a little better and get up in the top. And no three putting. <laughs> I wish. I, <laughs> I know. They always say that, no three putting. But sometimes it's inevitable. But Absolutely. yes, I would love to, yeah, just have just better putting in general would be good. I think that that's a goal we can all identify with. But <laughs> yeah. um, Andrea, thanks so much for the time. Uh, best of luck, um, you know, this week. And and obviously, congratulations on all the success. It's been a pleasure to watch the team grow this year. Well, you bet. Thank you so much for having me. Let's take a break to talk about Educators Credit Union. We're all educators in our own way. Whether you share knowledge in a classroom with your kids or with your friends, there's a teacher in you. That's why Educators Credit Union membership is open to anyone who works or lives in southeastern Wisconsin. To learn more about joining us, visit ecu.com or call toll-free 1-800-236-5898. That's ecu.com or toll-free 1-800-236-5898. Educators Credit Union achieving more together. Now, back to the podcast. Welcome back to Inside Warhawk Athletics presented by Educators Credit Union, joined now by Frank Barnes, head coach for the Warhawk men's and women's tennis programs. Coach, congratulations on all the success so far this season. Uh, let's start on the men's side, uh, picking up the first uh, NJAC West Division Championship. Um, defeating UW-Eau Claire and UW-Lacrosse. Um, a tense Eau Claire match. Uh, tell me about that one and, and what ended up being a 5-4 win. Tell me about how that one uh, really propelled you guys uh, you know, into that next day. Yeah, we knew Eau Claire was going to be tough. Last year they brought in a bunch of freshmen that were real strong. We were looking forward to that last match. That, that, that match last year, but unfortunately COVID canceled the season and we didn't get a chance to play them. Um, so they've got an extra year of experience since then under their belt. And they got a new coach who is actually a, a good friend of mine back in my um, professional teaching days. We used to teach together back in Madison, Wisconsin. So I'm happy to have him as a new rival. He's a great guy. His name is Brian Biernett, and he really had his guys fired up for this. And we knew it would be that, that situation. It's one of, those, one of those matches where both teams are really getting into it. Um, it's fun when that happens. Both teams are fired up and uh, talking to their uh, their teammates down the line. Let's go. Let's get this done. And that's a fun environment. And that's what we saw with Eau Claire. And we started off getting a real quick win at uh, at number one doubles. Jake Macy and Alex Gray are just an incredible team. And the Eau Claire coach told me he, char he was charting the match, and we won the first 22 points. 
Wow. Yeah, that's unheard of. That's, <laughs> and to, win, to win doubles that quickly, 8-0, is tough because serving in doubles is a huge advantage so mm-hmm. to, break, to break your opponent's serve uh, four straight times and win 8-0 was, was really, really impressive to see them playing together. Um, so that got us on the board quickly, but both the other, both the other matches were tight. Uh, I think we were up briefly at three doubles, but uh, one, of their, one of the Eau Claire players was playing really well. Um, and he kind of took over that match, and they ended up winning that 8-3 or 8-4. And then our number two team was up early. Eau Claire got the break back, sent it to a tie break, and so that was huge. Whichever team was going to be leading 2-1 was going to have some serious momentum, and unfortunately we didn't get it. Um, so it was one of the first times all year that we were down after doubles. We, we really pride ourselves in doubles. Um, so we were down 1-2, but... You know, during the break between doubles and singles, we talked about it, and and um, we actually were down in the situation against Luther and came back and won, a uh, real, real, real nice finish. So we reminded him of that situation and um, got started in singles. With great attitude. Unfortunately, their sixth player has been their strength all year for Eau Claire, and he did it again. He got the first point off. So we were down three-one. Uh, so we needed to win four of the next five matches, and the. It looked good for us at one through four. We won all the first sets and um, those matches, and we were looking solid. So, uh, But you never know in tennis. Winning the first set doesn't mean anything. If you can't follow it up, um, and Alex's match at number two was really close. You know, he only won the first set 7-6. So it was, nothing was locked up with those four positions, but we did end up um, taking all four of those. Uh, Coles was in three sets, but uh, the rest of them were straights. So we ended up clinching at 5-3 at that point. Then uh, Brendan ended up losing at five, uh, five singles to make it 5-4. Then we followed up the next day. Uh, we knew that Eau Claire had beaten lacrosse, but we talked you know, talked to the guys about not, not looking ahead, and we have to take every, every opponent uh, very seriously. And we did. Uh, lacrosse is tough too, but we went out real fired up. We wanted to win that conference title, and um, we ended up beating... Eau Claire, or sorry, lacrosse, uh, nine nine zero, the next day. So it was great to finally get a championship. Our guys have always been independents before, uh, so we've gotten through the to the NCAA through at large bidding. Um, so that was great to finally wear a conference title T-shirt at the end of the weekend, and the guys love that. And now we are in a conference now. Um, normally, if you win conference, you get an AQ automatic qualifier. But uh, there's a two-year waiting period, and we're in our second year of waiting for that. And so we're still in the at-large process. So that word will come out Monday by noon. Uh, so we'll find out if the NCAA selects us through the at-large process. We'll uh, cross our fingers for that. But, um, but yeah, you know, talk about, you touched on it a little bit, but life as an independent isn't always the most fun. Um, you know, you, you really kind of scratch and claw and try and get as many, you know, matches against non, against, uh, you know, regional opponents and try and play some of the best teams in the country, um, which you have, you know, mm-hmm. you played Wash U on the men's side to wrap up the regular season. Um, you know, but what is it, what, what kind of advantage is that now that you're in a conference that you can, um, I mean, I mean, I'd imagine it helps in recruiting. It helps with the guys' morale. That hey, you know, if we do win a conference championship, basically after this year, moving forward, you know, we will see our name called by the NCAA comes right. election day. That is the huge advantage being able to 
they'll recruit with that with national with the national tournament being a possibility every year um and having weekly honors um co- conference players of the week po- conference players of the year that kind of stuff is makes makes it exciting uh but over the past 19 years i've had the other attitude and i've taken a positive when we were an independent saying hey we only spent we spend one day or one weekend doing our WIC rival matches mm. in the past and we've got the rest of the year to schedule as tough as we can every mm. match counted because we could not have a bad loss you have a bad loss as an independent that kills your season because you end up dropping in the rankings mm-hmm. and then you don't get that large bid so it was constant pressure constantly um, putting yourself out there every weekend and I think that made us better um, and we were able to preach that our schedule is you know we we, we have to have great matches no matter what in order to be selected so it was we turned that into a positive but now we're able to turn it into a positive the other way um not every match is going to kill us so we can we can afford to to develop our players a little bit more get our bench players some chances knowing that if we do get upset during the regular season um it's all about how we do a conference and uh, peaking at the end of the year instead of (laughs) peaking every weekend like we have been (laughs) in the past so um I certainly like it, and I see some natural rivalries coming up. Obviously, Eau Claire and Whitewater are big rivals right now, and we did play the uh, the College of New Jersey two years ago on spring break, and that was a really fun match. And uh, the two coaches were talking about how how much fun of a rivalry that that would be if we both end up winning our East and West divisions and facing each other, because um, it was it was that kind of atmosphere that you look for. Mm. Bunch of Wisconsin boys versus the New Jersey Shore guys, so <laughs> it was fun. Well, awesome. Well, you know, like you said, we'll find out the men's fate um, uh, this uh, this Monday, March, or sorry, May 10th. Um, you know, that'll be a, a press release up on NCA.com, and we'll, we'll find out if the men make it. I know they've been, you know, in the regional rankings all year. I think they're seventh in the most recent one, if I'm not mistaken. So Yeah, we've got uh, several wins over ranked teams. Right. And we only lost one match all year to – Wash U, and this is one of the better Wash U teams I've seen. Yeah, absolutely. Our, so our guys have pointed out that they had twenty wins in a row against D three teams since uh, the nineteen, the two thousand nineteen NCAA's. Wow, because we, we were undefeated against D threes last year before the pandemic hit, and then, mm. we, then we were undefeated before our last match against Wash U. So yeah. So in their minds, 20 and 0 should be good enough to make it, but I remind them that there's a lot of other factors. Yes, there are, so we'll see what happens. But um, on the women's side, there is a little bit more certainty. Um, Winning the WIC championship for the uh, 14th straight year and wrapping up an NCAA tournament bid um, through the league's automatic qualifier. So, um, you know, what does that mean to your program, Frank? You know, coming coming through what's been a very difficult year, um, and then uh, you know having having senior day as as part of that as well um, as you've as, as you've done in the past uh, honoring uh, Paige Nierman and Sabrina Palavra at that last match so um, it was a really special weekend for your program on the women's side yeah it was great we were, um, back in August uh, we had a conference call and we offered you know to to do the hosting it wasn't based on regular season results or anything like it normally is normally the winner of the fall conference tournament hosts hosts in the spring the aq but um the coaches agreed that you know it is outdoor ncaa sport um so we wanted at the best outdoor venue um whitewater has incredible outdoor 
tennis complex and we do have a good indoor backup at Lake Geneva Tennis so it's kind of made made sense for us to host it this year um, it was a beautiful weekend so we were able to stay outside um, the entire time and everyone was impressed with how it was how it was run and it was it was very smooth and um, obviously getting the win was huge um, we were able to get a first round by because we were undefeated in the regular season mm-hmm. we did treat this you know you best about you know getting through the pandemic and all the challenges it faced um, we actually like we always do treat everything as a positive fall was actually really great um, even though we weren't able to do our normal competition we were able to spread our practices out through the entire semester because of the pandemic 114 day rule you can instead of weeks it was number of days mm-hmm. so we were able to work with the uh, women's team all semester we were able to really just focus on on uh, getting them better not not worrying about uh competing so we yep. and they they were all over practice both men and women um it was during the pandemic getting out and practicing was the thing they looked forward to is you know that was their social life being able to see their teammates and uh so i've i've really got a good vibe at practice and i think it catapulted us into the spring season we we're able to start with the women earlier than normal normally we don't start matches till march 1st with women because we have the full fall schedule but yep we started february 1st and and got some great matches in and i think it just had a a real sense of normalcy the way that we were playing matches we started off with a slate of d1s um so we took our lumps against them but it really prepared us and like Paige nearman went undefeated after you know, after she had some tough losses against the the D1s, um, so she came out and was playing some of the best tennis of her career after that and really helped us. Um, and you mentioned her honoring our senior day. She also won the Scholar-Athlete uh, WIC Judy Kruckman Award. Um, we're always proud when we can have a student do that. She and Sabrina were very, very similar with their credentials. And obviously, they're both deserving, but it can only go to one person. Um, and... So we were proud of Paige for that. They're both Chancellor Scholar athletes. Um, we mentioned that at the uh, Senior Day celebration, and um, it, it's great to to be able to have them for another tournament coming up. You don't, don't have to think about them yet. For sure, and you know, like the men, we will find out uh, Monday uh, where where the team is headed. Uh, it could be right here uh, at Wanger and Courts outside. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Culver's, a proud partner of UW-Whitewater Athletics and the Wisconsin Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. Culver's recognizes the student-athletes of the WIC for their hard work, dedication, and commitment to excellence on and off the field. Located just minutes from campus right here in Whitewater, Culver's, welcome to Delicious. I know one of the strengths, you know, as always with this program has been the depth, you know, is that... Is that something that you think, you know, presents challenges for other teams because, you know, you might not have the best player on the court, but you might have the best players, you know, three through six in singles or, you know, you might have the two best double teams at the bottom of your lineup. So um, do you think that depth that your team has may present some challenges and, you know, maybe give you guys a chance for an upset in the second or third round, depending on who you're seeing? For sure. We we preach the D's, Mm. depth and doubles. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's that's what we hang our hat on every year. Obviously, if we we're, we do have a great number one this year, Casey Schlick's been doing a great job um, at the number one spot. But everyone's got a great number one. Yep. So if you can have good doubles, get the doubles lead. We always talk about the doubles lead. Two one is great. Three one's e- three zero is even better. 
Uh, so if you can get that doubles lead, um, especially if you're looking for an upset, you know, usually, usually there's a higher ranked team here when we host. You know, so we, in order to get out of this and get to the final eight, we will have to uh, come up with an upset, and that's how that's how we plan on doing it with depth and doubles. Um, so getting that lead and doubles, and then picking away, and our chances are always great at uh, at the three through six spots every year. Um, so get get a couple of those, and then get get one of one of them at the top. That's kind of the formula that we look for. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good luck, coach. You know, moving forward. Obviously, we hope that uh, we hope that both the men and the women are competing next week. Um, and uh, and best of luck the rest of the way to you. Yeah, I do want to congratulate a couple of our men's players. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jake Macy, uh, he came back after a ten-year layoff. Um, <laughs> So he came back to school, and he ended up getting the, the West West Conference Player of the Year. Yep. And Cole Lindwall got the Newcomer of the Year. Yep. And the women's awards haven't come out yet, but uh, it's great to see the men got recognized. Yeah, really good haul, and uh, Alex Gray as well, I believe, on the yeah, in the singles and doubles yeah, side. So yeah, con- he was conference. Uh, all-conference team for singles and doubles. Yep, yep, exactly. And congratulations to you, of course, uh, West Division Coach of the Year this year in the NJAC. So Thanks. You neglected to mention that, of well, course. Well, I, didn't, I, d- I didn't hit a ball, so I can't <laughs> take credit for it. Fair enough. Well, thanks, Frank, and uh, good luck to you moving forward. All right, thanks, Chris.